Truth and Fire, the podcast is brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Welcome to another installment of Truth and Fire, the podcast, which picks up where Truth and Fire, the blog, leaves off. I'm your host, Verite Feu, and you can find me at V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U on all social media platforms. On today's episode, I'll be discussing church hurt, what it is, what it isn't, and whether actress Megan Good has a valid reason for loving the church from a distance. All of this and more when we return. Welcome back. This is episode 11 of Truth and Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Verité Feu, which simply means Truth and Fire en Francais. So recently, actress Megan Good was a guest on the D.L. Hughley show where she shared that she doesn't go to church very often because of her experience with church folk. Um, She says her experience with church folk hasn't been that positive. So she's decided not to um, fellowship with the Assembly of the Saints on on a regular basis. Um, So take a listen to what she had to say, and I'll be back with the rest of my commentary. So being married to a preacher, how do you prepare for sex scene? You know what's interesting about him? It's like, I'll call him and I'll be like, okay, honey, I'm getting ready to do this sex scene. And he'll be like, okay, well, just make it look real because you really want the audience to root for you. You want them wow. to care about the relationship mm. and that's what's going to drive the movie like, real, like, oh, you know, really? through. So he's like, so just, you know, get into it. Get, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what do you think? Crazy. No, that's like, trust. Right? Like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you look he's like you love like, yeah. it. You saw what he was doing, but you just yeah. go, go ahead on. No, he's like, it's, it's kind of amazing because I think, you know, the great thing about him is like, he wasn't looking to change me in marriage. Like right. he knows who I was before marriage. And so right. there is growth that happens together individually and collectively, but it wasn't like, okay, so now you're married. You can't do this anymore. Right. I don't want you to do that. Blah, blah, right. blah. It's you like, go to church with him all the time? I do. Not all the time though, because if I'm being completely honest, um, my experience with some church folks has not been that positive. Yeah. Can and, I, can I be, uh, yeah. cause I don't, I don't go to church cause the cover charge is too high, but I even, I had a conversation with your, your husband who yeah. I, and I, we had a, you know, a you very speak. honest conversation. Yeah. yeah. But I think that a lot of people are apathetic about that experience because yeah. they have had so many hypocritical ones. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because we're supposed to be the biggest lovers. Right. And it's like, even if you disagree with someone or you don't think what they're doing is right, you're supposed to sometimes mind your own business and pray right. for that person. Right. Other times you're supposed to correct in love if that's right. what God told you to do. Right. And there was no correction in love. It was like a complete assault. And I remember that. I remember that. They taught they had an issue with the way you dress, with the way oh, you walked, and just yeah. everything. And it's I'm already like, I'm waiting for for the on the timeline. I can't believe she did this sexy. Right. She's a married woman, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. At the end of the day, for me, it's like, I still love Christians. I still, I will always love the church. Right. I love my Lord and Savior, period, point blank. That's first and foremost over everything. Right. But even though I love some of those people, I have to love them from a distance because mm-hmm. my spirit is too sensitive and I take things like, and even though I've gotten to a place of like balance, but I, I'm the type of person, like if I see someone crying, I'll start crying. Yeah. I'm extremely sensitive. So right. I have to protect my spirit because those people don't always know what it, they're doing. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it seem as if that they would edify your spirit? Like it, mm-hmm. that would be when you go to get away yeah. from all the, like That's you're in Hollywood. Be. Yeah. 
if, if this is a, this is a funny uh, uh, juxtaposition, you're in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Where you would think that you would need to go to people from church to get away from the people in Hollywood. Yeah. Because they are more yeah. assaultive of your character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. That was Megan Good um, on the D.L. Hughley show where she was sharing her um, reasoning for why she no longer attends church. Or I should probably give her... Um, the credit that she deserves. She said why she doesn't often attend church with her husband, um, Devon Franklin. For those who don't know, I'm not sure why you would not know, but for those who do not know, um, Megan Good is married to Hollywood producer and executive um, Devon Franklin. Uh, Mr. Franklin is also a pastor of sorts. Um, And I actually wrote a piece about him in a series called Something in the Milk Ain't Clean back in 2018. He was one of the individuals that I profiled um, to warn um, the body to be leery of um, because his preaching is absolutely not the gospel. Um, Everything that he preaches is about how to be successful according to the world standards, how to chase um, wealth according to the world standards, and how to live a prosperous life according to prosperity gospel slash worldly standards. So be leery of him. Um, As a result, um, with his being married to Megan Good, um, and for those who may be familiar with their courtship, when they uh, married about, what, seven years ago at this point, um, I don't know if Megan was necessarily a professing Christian, but I think she was trying to, um, you know, grow closer to God. And with um, Devon being a minister, um, I guess he was that individual that pulled her into um, her profession of faith. However, unfortunately, um, his faith is not according to the gospel. Um, You can check out something in the milk ain't clean. Um, Avoid Devon Franklin in 2018. Again, I wrote that piece back in 2018. But honestly, you should you should avoid him at all costs forever in perpetuity until at such time he repents of his errors. Um, but literally that's another post. However, um, there's something to be said about him as her husband and why Megan has come to the conclusion that she has regarding her need to quote unquote, love the church from a distance or love church folk from a distance. Um, so I'm going to get into a little bit more of that a little bit later. Um, but first I want to, um, dive a little bit more into the topic of church hurt. And I actually wrote a piece on it um, called um, Why the Church Ain't No Good to Making Good, The Truth About Church Hurt. So check that piece out when you get a moment. Um, but I'm going to do my best to recap a little bit of some of the points that I made in that piece here for you guys today. Okay. Um, so what is church hurt? Um, The term is used to describe someone's negative experience with either church members, um, church leaders, or church policy, okay? And it is a hurt that causes the individual to either resent Christians um, and the church or to leave church fellowship altogether. So this is what we're talking about in context of church hurt. The only thing about this term is that church hurt, okay, the pain that someone feels from what they perceive to be um, church hurt can be either something that is truly um, an issue that is originating from the church itself or something that is originating from the individual who has been hurt. So I'm going to break that down today. So that's where I get into what church hurt is and what it is not. Okay. So I just gave you guys a definition of what it is based on how it's used. Now let's look at what it is in terms of 
literally speaking, practically speaking. Um, if someone is abused in the church, I think that is a valid reason to claim church hurt. Okay. If you have been abused, and when I say abused, I am um, including um, gossip, slander, um, uh, just utter abrasiveness and correction, heavy handedness, legalism, things like that. That is abusive behavior. And when I say legalism, because everybody's talking about someone's being legalistic when we're honestly just telling you what's in the scriptures, like, come on now. Um, however, um, those particular situations or issues can indeed be a legitimate cause for someone to feel what is called church hurt okay um because at this point they're not feeling love they've been unduly criticized they probably have been manipulated they've been spoken about negatively things that the that the word of god condemns however um a larger usage of the term or a larger experience that people have had with church hurt at some point is um going to be surrounding some type of abuse physical or sexual okay Again, I kind of spoke on the psychological and spiritual abuse, but when you're dealing with sexual abuse, I think that is a valid reason to claim church hurt. And I actually wrote a piece called What the Church Must Do to Address Church Too at the height of the Me Too movement. And um, for those who know Me Too, the Me Too movement is dealing with um, just, I guess, what they would call a covert um, practice of sexual abuse, harassment, um, or assault against generally it's against women, but men can be included in this as well. Um, but against someone that goes unnoticed or unreported for various reasons, fear, manipulation, things like that. And so I wrote what the church must do to address church too, um, to, as the, as the title suggests, to tell the church what we should do to address, um, sexual abuse in the church. Um, and, in it, I discuss also some of the reasons why something like this could even occur because you don't expect to be abused, especially in that way at, at church. Right. Um, when you come to church, especially as a, a, a new believer or a, an unbeliever who's but who's seeking the Lord, when you're coming in, all you know, usually about Christianity is that we're supposed to be um love we're supposed to represent love we're supposed to be representing the love of Christ in the earth and sharing the love of Christ in the earth now there's there's a, a lot to be said about what love is the, as God defines it but in, for all intents and purposes people understand Christians to be loving and so to come into a setting where you are susceptible to abuse where you should be loved embraced and things like that that can be very jarring um, but what I've learned and what I've seen, of course, in um, just from hearing stories and, of course, just uh, just common sense and looking at the Bible um, regard, regarding the abuse that someone may um, experience in a church setting, such is only allowed or possible when you're dealing with hypocrisy. So the world knows this. The world is smart enough to pick up on this. So when you're dealing with hypocrisy, which is basically people who know the truth, but they don't practice it. That was a major sin um, that the Pharisee dealt with. Jesus never rebuked them because they taught um, a, li a lie. He rebuked them because they were hypocritical. They knew the truth. Um, they were well-versed in the scriptures. They just did not understand um, the spirit behind them. So they were hypocritical in their carrying out the script in their carrying out the teachings. Um, so they knew the truth, but didn't practice it. So you have, you have hypocrisy, you have false teaching, which is twisting and suppressing the truth of the scriptures. Okay. So, um, 
and you also have willful ignorance willful ignorance just meaning you know you know that you should probably study your word but you just don't you know that you probably go back and, and and look up what your pastor preached about but you don't so it is a failure of the church leaders and members to study god's word um to show themselves approved it is a failure of believers to test every spirit they just take what their pastor says for face value and they don't run it by god's word and that so that's an issue so hypocrisy false teaching and willful ignorance will indeed foster an environment for abuse in the church. So before anyone is ever um, abused, touched, cursed out, lied on, lied to, um, as far as abuse is concerned in the church, they've been lied to and molested from the pulpit. And let me be clear, men like T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Austin, John Gray, the late Eddie Long, who was my former pastor, and unfortunately, Megan Good's own husband, Devon Franklin. These men are guilty of such an offense. These men are molesting people from the pulpit, spiritually speaking. They're not giving them the word of God, right? They're taken to the podium to preach everything but that which is according to Christ. They're not feeding the flock as they should. And so you're fostering an environment for hypocrisy. You're fostering an environment for ignorant believers. You're fo- or quote unquote believers. You're fostering an environment for someone who would not love their uh, brother or sister as Christ would call them to love them because they don't even know the Lord. To love is to first love God. If you don't love God, you can't love your sister and brother in Christ. Okay, so when people are not born again, when people are not regenerated in the spirit, when they're not born again of the Holy Spirit, they don't have the means to fight the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And so they will fall into sin frequently and they may even practice it in a manner that um, definitely is unrepentant. Okay, so when we want to talk about um, we want to talk about church hurt. That's church hurt. That's church hurt. And sadly, that abuse that someone may experience physically, again, as I mentioned earlier, there's even worse abuse going on. I know I just I know what I just said, but there's even worse abuse going on because when you have someone lying to you about who God is, that is the ultimate betrayal because now that has temporal and eternal consequences. Not only do you not know the Lord in this life, so now you're going to be prone to making horrible decisions and remaining in your sin, but you're going to die in your sin and and you'll be separated from God forever, right? And so that is church hurt. That is when someone has a valid um, claim to church hurt, okay? Um, And so let me just read this passage from Ezekiel. It comes from Ezekiel 2. Um, to 10, Ezekiel, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 34 verses two through 10. And this is um, a warning that the Lord put forth to the shepherds who was, who were not rightly shepherding their flocks. Okay. In Israel. So it says, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back that was that what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food 
for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths and they may not and they may no longer be food for them. Okay, I know that was a lot. But the point in my reading that is it very much is it's telling this was to Israel. A lot of people would get to the Bible and go, well, that was directed to Israel. People, the Lord's word has, uh, especially in the Old Testament, the word has um, relevance to the people in the context of the time that they were in, as well as to us even now, spiritually speaking. So when this, these verses are talking about how these shepherds who were feeding themselves were not feeding the flock, right? These false teachers who are twisting um, the scriptures to preach a prosperity doctrine, they are making the money that they need to make to eat, but they're not even actually feeding um, the flock the spiritual food they need. Of course, not um, the practical food that they may require, but we're, we're talking about spiritually speaking here. So when you're dealing with these people who are more so focused on themselves, you're going to get a situation when you have um, a flock that is now just fodder for the for the beast of the field right and the beast of the field in the context of spirituality we're talking about any type of uh temptation de de demonic um activity and sin right it makes it easier for them to fall into these things and so because they're not girded up in the word of god they're not maturing in the word of god they're not being fed and it takes me back to the piece i wrote on devon franklin something in the milk ain't clean right we know that as new believers we crave pure milk but when you get these people who are new believers or immature believers right and they need to be matured in the faith they generally end up flocking to false teachers first because they don't yet fully know the truth the false teachers have enough truth to sound good enough for the new believer but they also have enough error that goes undetected by the new believer who is not in the scriptures yet right and so you have to um look out for men like them so when i'm when we're talking about church hurt that is the ultimate type of church hurt it's not to take anything away from the actual abuse physical and sexual abuse or mental or emotional abuse that someone may suffer at the hands of a professing christian or pastor or leader in the church but at the end of the day those abuses those actual abuses usually are carried out by those who are not spiritually rooted in the things of Christ. So before Megan goes on her um, church hurt tour to let the world know how much she, you know, wants to protect herself from church folk, she may want to look at the man who sleeps next to her every night because he's part of the problem. And that's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to move on. Okay, so now that we know what church hurt is and what a valid claim to church hurt should look like, let's talk about what church hurt 
ain't. Okay, let's talk about what church hurt is not. Um, church hurt is not correction. Church hurt is not the truth. You may get hurt from correction. You may be hurt from the truth. <laughs> but being corrected and being told the truth is not abuse. Okay. Um, you can cling to the claim of church hurt and avoid the assembling of the saints because you, you know, your pride is hurt, but you have no valid, no one actually has a valid reason to forsake the assembly in, 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 you know, in all cases. Um, it's just that the, the initial, the first, um, example I gave, which is dealing with actual abuse, you can probably better understand why they would do it. Yet I would still very much um, encourage the person not to utterly leave the fellowship of other believers, but to possibly um, find a new church home. If the, if the source of the abuse, if it's an individual, for example, and you, you know, your church hasn't done any recourse as far as alerting the authorities and removing that individual from the church and providing you with counsel and support. Now, if you're not getting any of that, you have no recourse, no reconciliation or anything like that. Um, you're being taught a false gospel. You've been, you know, they, they've been lying to you through the scriptures or, you know, the church is just messy, things like that. Then that's a sign that it's not a healthy church. And so you should very much um, start looking for a new church home. Um, and really quickly, before I get into what church hurt is not, let me say this. And this is not a paid advertisement. Um, this is a resource that I have actually used to help others and that I've recommended to others. So I'm not being paid to share this, but a resource that I, have found to be very helpful for those who are looking for a healthy church has been nine marks.org is the number nine m-a-r-k-s.org um, and that website actually has a church search tool um, the purpose of this ministry is to equip church leaders with the resources that they need to build healthy churches um, and some of the things that they look at is you know the preaching and the, the you know the leadership and things like that you can go to their website and find out more about them. But um, the main thing I want to share with you guys is their church search tool. Um, it is based on your location. So as soon as you pull up the website, as soon as you pull up that particular um, um, section of their website, it'll automatically populate um, a uh, pane on the side with the churches in your area that are considered um, healthy churches. Um, from my understanding, nine marks does not, um, cannot, in you know, individually or you know you know fully endorse all the churches because these these particular churches are added to a database by other individuals but generally these other individuals have vetted these churches as meeting the nine marks for of a healthy church okay um the other thing is that you know i also myself truth and fire i can't um you know, fully endorsed, you know, cause I don't know what churches are all on there, but I will say this, my church is on the list. And I know that as I've recommended this site to others to use to find a healthy church, I get a lot of emails and DMS and things like that from people about, um, looking for a healthier church home and to get out of their, um, churches that teach a false gospel. Um, I've recommended this tool and the feedback that I've gotten is that people have found some healthy churches. So prayerfully use that as a resource, as, as a tool, ask the Lord to lead you to a healthy church. Um, if it's not you, if it's a friend, pray the Lord will do it. He did it for me. When I left my old church, I did definitely, um, 
I, I experienced quote unquote church hurt, if you will, at that church, but that's not why I left that church. <laughs> that's not why I left that church because I was so confused. I thought the way that I was being treated was just normal. So I was just sitting there being abused because I'm stupid. Not, but I wasn't like raped or anything like that <laughs> in that setting. Let me be clear. Um, and I don't mean to laugh as if rape isn't serious, but I just want to be clear that that's not, that wasn't my experience. My experience was more so um, people were quote unquote ex- practicing what they call church discipline. But what it was really like the whole um, confronting someone, uh, take two or three witnesses if they've offended you and things like that. Things that Jesus teaches us in Mark, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, in Matthew 18 to deal with offenses between a brother in the church. Rather than that wasn't how my old church, or at least the, the, the ministry leader from the ministry I was in, that's not how they handled it. They just would bring like a clique of people to kind of like all accuse you of something and because it was like five or six of them, they were like, it's like two or, what was it, two or three? They just missed, they messed that whole passage up. That's my whole point. I don't want to belabor the point. But the it, the point is, I've, I understand where people who are claiming church hurt come f- are coming from regarding psychological and, and, and emotional and spiritual abuse. I did not, um, thankfully, suffer sexual abuse in the church. Um, so, you know, my world wasn't rocked in that way, praise the Lord. But um, I, I had dealt with the, the psychological abuse and, and I had dealt with that at at least two churches. Um, and ironically, of course, those two churches preach the false gospel. So that goes back to my point from the last segment about how before you are even really abused or, or before it's even possible for someone to be abused in the church, there, there there's a good chance that the individual that's causing the abuse or the church itself is twisting the scriptures or providing um, false information to you to manipulate you, okay? Um, but anyway, so check out ninemarks.org. Um, look at their church search tool. Um, and that will be a great resource for those of you who are looking for a healthy church, okay? So speaking of, healthy churches. That's what church hurt is not. A healthy church will provide correction and a healthy church will tell you the truth. A healthy Christian will give correction and they will tell you the truth. So even if someone has experienced actual undue offenses um, by unhealthy churches or immature believers and things like that, um, in a healthy church and amongst um, mature believers and things like that, um, you're not getting hurt in terms of uh, undue abrasiveness and abuse, but you are being corrected and you are being told the truth. The thing though, is that those things do still hurt because our flesh hates the truth and our pride hates instruction, right? Um, so we can talk about delivery all day long, but one thing about delivery is that at the end of the day, I mean, because we do know delivery can be a stumbling block. Someone's tone can be a stumbling block to you wanting to be receptive to what they have to say. However, your ultimate decision to reject the truth is totally on you. Okay. Um, there's no reason that there's no justifiable reason for you to reject the truth when someone tells it to you, even if they didn't say it to you in the way that you felt was palate, palate, uh, can I get, get the word out in a way that you feel like was easily made it easier for you to receive it. Okay. There's, there's still no, no reason to do that. Your boss can go off on you all day long, but I bet you, you still collect your paycheck at the end of the week or the month or however often you get paid so don't act like <laughs> you still take your check <laughs> you, you know what i'm not gonna take this check you spoke to me disrespectfully nope nope you still went to get that check so stop playing these games um so with that said um 
we all know that the truth hurts okay the truth hurts um it convicts us it challenges us to let go of sin and worldly desires that we in our flesh absolutely love okay the truth hurts and this is something that hit me this week like the truth hurts because the the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart that's hebrews 4:12 so if you've been told the truth whether the tone is off or someone is super gentle and but if you're hurt by the truth that's not because of the messenger that's because of the message okay the truth hurts but it's supposed to because we need to have our sin crucified we need to have our flesh crucified okay we're being murdered <laughs> we're being killed from a from a fleshly standpoint is what i mean right i wish i shouldn't use the word murder because murder is when you kill someone that's innocent but as sinners we are not innocent all right so at the end of the day when you're dealing with someone telling you the truth and it hurts and it's and, and you just having a problem with it and you're having a problem with it that will be because the truth hurts because the, the word of god is cutting you okay um there's an instance in the Bible where um, Stephen was stoned, right? So this was in Acts 7. So I, I just always just give the full chapter because you have to read the full chapter in context. Stephen is giving them a sermon. He's going all the way back from Abraham up to Moses and he's explaining the work of Christ throughout all of it and, and why Abraham was called and, you know, all of that. And he's talking to the Jews because they need to know why why are our... our our um, laws what they are and I'm now trying to show you how these laws always pointed to Christ but the Jews the, 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 the Jews that were present during his address were not trying to hear it and Stephen wasn't like rude the whole time he was talking um, at the end he did call him you know stiff neck and all that kind of stuff but what got them was what he was saying and they stoned that man to death so that's proof positive that at the end of the day it does not matter not saying that you should not correct in love and give people the truth with gentleness i'm not saying that okay but what i'm saying is for the receiver if you are the receiver of a harsh truth you need to understand that your decision to reject it has much more to do with the wickedness in your heart than it does the tone of the person who delivered the message okay all right so keep that in mind now one thing we do know, of course, as I said, the truth hurts. But one thing we do know that the Lord chastens whom he loves. OK, in Hebrews 12, 6 through 11, it says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us. Who paid the, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in sub subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they, for they indeed, for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But He, for our profit, He is in the Lord. But the Lord, for our profit, um, that we may be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. 
when you are corrected, when you are receiving the truth, you are being chastened, right? By the Lord, part of that is chastening. Now, we also know that God can chasten us through circumstances as well, right? He can chasten us through circumstances and he can chasten us through through someone delivering to us a harsh message. But at the end of the day, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. No chastening seems joyful for the present, but painful. Okay. And John, I think it's John 15, when Jesus is going down and he's giving the address about the vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He's going down and he's letting them know that at the end of the day, my father prunes away those, uh, he he, uh, prunes those who will bear fruit so they can bear more fruit, right? Um, And he gathers the others up and throws them out in the fire, right? So pruning is going to hurt a little bit. And that's just something that we have to humble ourselves and subject ourselves to if we want to be matured, sanctified out of the sin nature that we have and into the righteousness of Christ, into the image of Christ. Okay. All right. So it says, let me look at John. I just said John 15. So I want to turn to it really quickly. Um, It says, I'm going to start at, I'm going to start at the beginning. John 15, John 15, one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. That is John 15 um, verses one through eight. Okay, so when you're being chastened by the Lord, you're being pruned and it does not feel good. And unfortunately, though, but some people will go and refer to that as church hurt. And I would like to believe that ultimately when these various individuals are trying to correct Megan Good about her way of dress or whatever other things she may be doing out in the world, because she is a publicly professing Christian. Um, and what people tend to forget is that or, or what people tend to not understand is that once you become a Christian, once you let the world know that you are a Christian, you become accountable <laughs> to, to Christians. We become accountable for you. You become accountable to us and we become accountable to one another. I don't think people understand that we're supposed to love one another as we love ourselves. We become accountable to one another. So if we see a sister or a brother in sin, we are supposed to say something. If you love someone, if you see your actual sister or brother doing something crazy, you don't just go into your prayer closet, as, as Megan said in her interview with you. Just go into your prayer closet and pray for them. You can do that. You should pray for the person. But what I'm saying is people think that you're just supposed to be silent and go and, and not say anything. No. You need to say something as well. Now, if they rebuff your correction, if they push back, if they reject you, that, then you can walk away and just only focus on praying for them. You can do that. But you need to say something first, right? 
with the hopes that the person will come out of their stupor, will come out of their deception, will come out of their confusion, will come out of that temptation. So one thing these celebrity Christians need to understand and they're in the, and those who love them, when they say that they're a Christian, it's go time for us. <laughs> Whoop, you said you was a Christian. I, now I got to look at everything you say and do because I got to watch out for you, right? And I also have to watch out for other professing Christians because if you're out here saying that you're a believer and you're doing everything that is going counter to the word of God, I can't have you out here um, blaspheming the way. I can't have you out here causing confusion, right? Paul confronts Peter at Antioch. Um, in was it in Galatians when he confronts him? In was it? I think it's Galatians two. Let's see, yeah, Galatians two eleven to thirteen. Let me see. I want to read this. I actually want to read it. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. I love that verse. <laughs> In your face, I'm at the door waiting on you to let you know. No, I'm just kidding now. Now, <laughs> now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision meaning the circumcision party or the Jews, right? And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their uh, with their hypocrisy. Again, that's a Galatians uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. We are supposed to correct each other. And if that's something that you can't get with, you might as well go ahead and go on your way. You might as well do like those folks did that were following Jesus and um, all the way up to uh, John 6. I think it was John 6 when <laughs> Jesus was like, you know, you got to drink my blood to eat my flesh. Wait, what are you talking about? What? Oh, no, I'm out. I'm good. You might as well. This road is not. It's easy with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'll put it that way. The joy that the Lord has given me and the peace that the Lord has given me. There are days I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Actually, I, it's every day. Oh my gosh, I don't ever rue the day that I became a Christian. I don't regret that, you know, I, I want to say decision, but we all know that at the end of the day, it was the power of the Lord that did it. <laughs> the grace of the Lord that caused me to believe. But my point is, I, I'm grateful for that. I've never a day regretted being a believer, ever, ever. But for those who think you can just, because there are people who are out there who think, oh, you got to choose Christ. Um, okay. I'm not going to get into semantics. If that's what it is, if you feel like it's your own free will that makes you choose Jesus. Okay. So before you choose him, though, you need to understand that this walk comes at a price and you need to be willing to drop mama, daddy, sister, cousin, house, car, land, popularity, fame, money, whatever, whatever, it, whatever it costs you, whatever would get in your way from getting to Christ, you need to be able to drop it. And that includes your pride. So when someone is coming to you to correct you, you need to be able to sit still for a second to say, is there any merit in the truth that they are giving me? Whether than being hurt all day long and forsaking the assembly because your spirit is too sensitive, you need to really sit still and wonder if what they're saying has some merit. Okay? Even if their delivery is funky, Lord, he came at me sideways. But is there any truth in what he said? That's something that I do. Um, people rebuke me all the time. 
people rebuke me all the time. But I'm not really mad at it because it's, it's oh, oh, I'm about to go. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I don't, hey, I don't know what y'all doing. People rebuke me all the time with the work that I do through Truth and Fire. And um, more, it's more so that because people see me, you know, doing things and saying things. But people rebuke me all the time. Um, and so I have to sit still and wonder, is there any merit to what they say? So sometimes off the bat, I know that they're just talking. But um, I will go to the Lord. If something if something hits me, if it hurts me, I'd stop and go, mm, mm, why, why is this hurting me so much? Why am I offended like this? Lord, if there's any merit to what they're saying, help me because right now I'm in my flesh and I'm mad and I don't I don't want to see it. I, 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 that's what I pray. Lord, I don't want to see it. But if there is any truth, help me see it and help me humble myself. That's the prayer that I have to put forth because I know left to my own devices, I will ignore what somebody has to say and keep it pushing. So I just have to ask the Lord to help me. So my point is this. This road comes with correction. And if you're going to walk around being that professing Christian who thinks that you're never supposed to have any conflict with anybody, any issues or any trouble, Megan, dear, you might as well renounce your faith right now. You might as well renounce your faith in Christ right now and turn around because this, this you in here, boo. If you are a professing Christian and I have some, I have some thoughts about where she stands with some things, but She's she's saying that she's a believer. She's saying she loves the church. She's saying she loves Christ. She has to bear fruit that proves that. And right now she's not bearing that fruit. And that's just what it is. That's just a, that's just a statement of fact. It's not even a that's just it's literally a statement of fact. It is a judgment in terms of uh, looking at a situation for what it is, according to God's word. Um, but it's not a condemnation. And people use those two terms um, interchangeably. But um, all judgment isn't con- condemning judgment. OK. So the judgment that I have regarding making good is that she just don't like to be corrected. Period. As one YouTuber so aptly um, made clear, I didn't agree with what this individual had to say much on Megan's decision to leave the church. Um, and this young lady is a professing Christian, um, but you know she she comes off kind of worldly. But she made a very valid point when she said, "Now, Megan." You said you don't care what Christian folks got to say, these church folks got to say about how you dress and about how you carry yourself, you know, in Hollywood and things like that. I'm not saying she carries herself like uh, loosely or anything like that, but she she does tend to still do the whole, you know, boob out. Let me show my whole shape. Let me show you everything I got going on kind of thing. So if she doesn't care or... Yeah, if she doesn't care about what people have to say, why is she forsaking the assembly? Because her spirit is too sensitive. But those same church folk have also criticized her decision to do a sex scene in her recent film. And she did that sex scene. She didn't, I didn't want, I haven't seen it. Let me be clear. But just based on some interviews she's done, she did that sex scene. She didn't let that stop her. She didn't let the criticism of the church, of the church folk, stop her from doing that sex scene. She has not let the, the criticism of the church folks stop her from doing anything else that she's wanted to do. But she loves the church and she, lo- I will always love the church, as she said. I will always love the church. And I love my Lord and Savior, but I got to love him from a distance. Girl, I'm sorry, what? Girl. <laughs> so at the end of the day, 
um, Megan has some choices to make. Okay, choose you this day whom you serve. And honestly, her husband isn't helping that situation at all, at all. He's not making that situation easier. When Megan was rebuked for her way of dress, and people have their mixed opinions about how the how the young lady who rebuked her came at her. I personally didn't see anything wrong with what the lady did. Um, there were some people, oh, she shouldn't have said this, her tone. But I think one of the things the lady said that, you know, one of my coworkers had an issue with was she said to Megan, so we're going to cover up, right? Oh, no, why she got to talk to her like that? No, because if she had said, so we're going to go get this money, right? Would have been the same. It, it's just a totally different thing. The lady's telling Megan the truth. And the reason why Megan is being publicly rebuked at this point, God is sovereign. He allowed that to happen. At this point, Megan is being publicly rebuked because her husband is not dealing with her privately. Of course, I'm not in their home and I don't know what they're doing, but the way that he treats her out in public, the way that he speaks and the things that he said that he said to her and that she said that he said to her, um, this man is all about Megan letting the world know what she's working with. He told the young lady who was rebuking her publicly, she ain't got to cover up. She can wear what she want to wear. In Jesus' name, Chad. He told Megan when she called him about the sex scene in her recent film, make it look believable or make it look real. I'm sorry, Mr. Again, for those who missed the beginning, this man is also a professing Christian and a pastor or a preacher of sorts, a minister, quote unquote, of the gospel. But he's telling her she ain't got to cover up. She can wear what she want to wear in Jesus name and make your sex scene look believable. Or, or real okay so again in the Christian faith as believers as brothers and sisters in the Lord now mind you a lot of this correction should also be coming from their local church home it should be coming from your local church home but because they're celebrity Christians and they're in the public eye you're going to hear a lot of people saying something to them as well because but it's not because people just want to be critical well maybe you know what some people do but as far as those who are talking about Megan's dress, way of dress or manner of dress, Megan brings a lot of that attention on herself. Cat suits, celebrating Halloween and cats, really tight cat suits. And just she's done a lot over the years that has, <laughs> that a, that a regenerate, regenerated Christian is just, uh, or a sanctifying Christian, I should say, is just not going to be doing. That's just what it is. But that's what she's doing. So um, that's where I'm at with that. That's where I'm at with the whole what's not um, church hurt. Church hurt is not the truth and it's not correction. And if you're coming to Christianity, believing that you're not going to be corrected or told the truth, or if you believe that that truth and that correction is not going to come with a little bit of hurt, you are sorely deceived, my dear. And you may as well not even come. Because if you can't deal with Christian correction, you will not be able to deal with Christian persecution. Because that's guaranteed. That's that's for all of us. All of us can get it. All of us are going to get persecuted. All of us are being persecuted. If you live a godly life, if you desire to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. You may not necessarily be killed. People tend to think persecuted means killed. But you may not be killed for your faith in Christ. But you will suffer some type of loss. You will take some L's. 
So think, keep that in mind. And if that's not something that you want to deal with, Jesus did this all the time. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what's up. I'm going to tell you what the requirements are. If you can't accept that, it's cool. Go your way. But don't come over here professing to be Christian and then and melting when someone's telling you the real. And then you have the nerve to decide that you're not even going to try to um, listen to what they have to say. But you want to be a Christian apart from the, the believers. If you don't love your brother and sister in Christ, you can't love God. The word says that. So that loving the believers from a distance, that means you love God from a distance, boo. And ain't no such thing. So let's marinate on that. Okay, so as I mentioned throughout this episode, um, you may definitely go read more of my thoughts on this topic in the piece, um, Why the Church Ain't No Good to Making Good, The Truth About Church Hurt. I feel like there, of course, with writing, my thoughts are a little bit more cohesive and <laughs> I feel like they're a little bit clearer, but um, I wanted to, the, the actual piece was actually born out of preparing for this episode. So I, I, I honestly feel like the piece actually does more justice to this topic than maybe this episode has but however I do pray that you guys have received something from this um, that was edifying and that is useful to you um, in your own experiences Um, but before I get out of here let me read um, a final word that is going to come from Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 and um, in this um, in this passage Paul is basically telling um, the saints to draw near to God and to hold fast to our faith. We all know that um, those who are uh, who are, who have been given to Christ by the Father cannot be snatched from His hand. However, there is a working out of our own salvation that is required. There, there, there is an obedience to. Um, the Lord who works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. We also have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay. And one of the ways that we do that is that we draw near to God, knowing that we now have this free and open access to him through Jesus Christ. And now more than any time in history is not the time to be loving anybody from a distance. Um, As I said, if you love the believers from a distance, then you love um, God from a distance because at the end of the day, the body is the body of Christ. Okay. So let me just read these verses to you guys really quickly and, um, we will begin to close out, um, again, Hebrews, uh, chapter 10 verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so happy the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so that was our final word. Um, Before I leave, let me just make a quick announcement. Um, 
let me give a shout out to Pastor David Lynn um, out of Toronto, Canada. Um, he was recently arrested for preaching the gospel in Toronto, Canada during the Pride parade there. And um, I really have been encouraged by this man's um, boldness, as well as his um, just intention of heart, his um, mind, they had, you know, was clear and he was alert and he had these cameras in his face and he kept cool under pressure as they're, you know, asking him questions about, you know, his intentions and his motives for preaching the gospel of all things, right? Telling people of God's love and warning them um, of, the wrath to come if they don't repent so you know sharing a message of love and um this this man so awesome he took that opportunity with those cameras in his face to share the gospel (laughs) Um, a few people did note that people's uh, microphones began to kind of recoil as he was sharing the message but at the end of the day the message got through and so these are the types of individuals that i am so excited to know our brothers and sisters in the faith because to be a believer, you really have to be bold. And at the end of the day, of course, that boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. Um, and, but, but we are definitely submitting to that. We're submitting to the will of the Lord to preach the gospel. And so the last thing we need right now is to um, be running away from the church and talking about our spirits being sensitive and things like that. And this isn't to um, negate someone's genuine hurt if they have been um, a victim of abuse. Um, but if it's just someone telling you the truth and you just don't like it, then I don't know what else to tell you. So um, I would just say, let's all pray for making good. Let's pray for Devon Franklin. Um, this gentleman, um, as I mentioned, does not preach the gospel. And um, as her husband and as from my understanding, his being a believer before her or as he, you know, when he met her um, and was guiding her you know, to Christ or to Christianity, I should say. Um, I don't know if there's been much fruit uh, to show that he's been guiding her according to the scriptures, according to the truth of the scriptures. So let's keep them in prayer. Um, And then also um, keep uh, Pastor Lynn in prayer. Um, He's just done an amazing thing. And I just, as I said, you know, I'm very much encouraged. Um, Again, these are the last days. These are the last days we need one another to persevere. We need to remain near to God, okay, and in fellowship with one another so that we may um, get through this. So this is the last time people need to be talking about church hurt just because they were offended by something someone said. Um, If it's that deep, if, if it just cut you to your core, find another church home where the gospel is faithfully preached and Christ is exalted and the scriptures are faithfully taught. Okay. Um, one other last thing. So as you guys know, um, June is truth and fires, um, anniversary month. Okay. Um, it also happens to be pride month. Um, I do not subscribe to, uh, the agenda of pride month. However, uh, understanding that, um, this would be a, um, uh, I guess, an activity that was going to get a lot of fanfare. I wanted to take the opportunity to share the gospel um, in the midst of all of this. And so what I've done is curated all of my LGBT related content from the last four years. Of course, Truth and Fire turns four this year. So I curated all of the LGBT related um, content that I've written over the last four years. 
Um, and it all shares the gospel. So everything that is um, Christ exalting and pointing those in the LGBT community back to Christ, um, I have curated and put in that collection. So I would hope that you guys would do me the favor of uh, not only reading, but sharing those posts. Um, also, um, so since it's um, Truth and Fire's fourth anniversary, I have four requests, guys. So the first request is that you guys would read that content and then share it with those in the LGBT community. And then I do pray for fruit. I pray for gospel um, gospel conversations to be had as a result. Um, also, number two, um, Truth and Fire now has a shop. Um, you guys may have noticed for those of you who follow me on Instagram, um, we now have a shop and I have launched this shop to create a um, stream of revenue to allow Truth and Fire to be self-sustaining. Um, uh, I work two jobs and I've been, of course, uh, bankrolling Truth and Fire from day one out of my own pockets. Um, I definitely do not request um, aid from anyone to to do the work I have not, I should say, I have not requested aid from anyone to do anything. Um, so I felt like, um, a good way to, um, get revenue going for the blog is to open up a shop that would allow individuals to purchase, um, merchandise that would then, um, uh, the proceeds would then go back into, um, uh, supporting the efforts here at Truth and Fire. Um, but also I do, number three, have now a Patreon um, account. Um, some people had reached out to me asking for ways to support me financially. And I'm not going to lie to you, that's been something that was really hard for me to accept because I've come out of the prosperity gospel and um, uh, deception. And I didn't want anyone to think that I was trying to be um, a Kenneth Copeland of sorts where I'm begging for your money or anything like that. Um, nevertheless, I had been convicted um, from the Lord regarding um, humbling myself to actually ask for aid or to um, request um, your support. Um, yet, um, not yet, because if the Lord is <laughs> convicting me of this, there is no yet. Um, I, but I, I want to clarify that I'm saying this, understanding that this is not a requirement for anyone to give. I'm not saying you have to give to access the content. Um, the, the content is free. It's sharing the gospel. I will never charge for you guys to read Truth and Fire's content. I will never charge for you to access this podcast. I mean, that would be ludicrous. Um, yes, but the act, the platform is growing. And so, um, there are some things that I have to put in order or get some things in order. And, um, your, uh, financial support as well would be helpful if you so choose to give, um, one word of, um, one caveat though, is that uh, Truth and Fire is not a 501c3 charitable organization or nonprofit. So if your intention to give is to get a tax write-off, then this would not be the ministry for you to give to. Um, I understand that a lot of ministries do seek a 501c3 designation. Um, I have chosen not to because um, I have looked at the implications behind it regarding um, governments uh, trying to sanction what you can and can't say. And... Um, I know that right now we're under um, an administration that may be friendly to the things that um, we are saying, but there will come a time where that is not going to be the case. And so I don't want to be trapped and wrapped up into all of that. Um, I know ultimately whatever the Lord wills will happen, um, but I don't want to be presumptuous. Um, I'm just, I want to operate from wisdom. So uh, for me, I have decided not to become a 501c3 organization. I'm fine with, I would rather just pay the taxes and be able to say what I need to say without, um, without the government uh, uh, 
tying up my purse strings because I've said something that offends someone or something like that. Um, So yes, if you decide to give to Truth and Fire, um, you can do so through Patreon and you can access the link through truthandfire.com forward slash donate. Um, Patreon allows you to make a regular or monthly, um, I should say, um, contribution to Truth and Fire. Um, And there are four tiers. Each tier allows um, those who give at the tiers to receive a discount at the Truth and Fire shop and our $25 and $50 tier, which are which are our fire and blaze tiers. Um, those tiers come with a free um, Truth and Fire t-shirt or a Truth and Fire, um, the podcast drawstring tote. Um, and for those at the blaze level, the $50 a month level, you guys will receive a quarterly gift from the Truth and Fire shop. So that's my way of trying to offer a concession to those who want to give but probably would not be motivated to give because I'm not a 501c3 but again you would be giving out of you know a move on your heart from the Lord and you know understanding that anything that you would give would be seen by him and you would receive your reward from him um, as opposed to a government um, write-off so that's I hey I will leave that up to you guys to decide if you don't choose to ever give and all you want to do is just read and listen um to truth and fire's content i'm fine with that as well um which leads me into the last part if you are not comfortable or if you don't feel like there's anything at the shop that um offers you anything or if you don't feel comfortable giving especially with my not being a 501c3 i just would ask for your prayer so that's my fourth request so it's our fourth anniversary so my fourth request is that you would pray for truth and fire pray pray for this platform um pray that it remains faithful to the gospel of jesus christ and that it is bold in sharing it and pray for me please pray that i remain both bold for christ and that i would um faithfully share the gospel um pray for my of course continued spiritual growth um, and, and maturity in Christ and um, just pray that that is reflected through the content that I deliver through uh, Truth and Fire. Um, also, um, I would also ask that you would pray for the writers that I plan to bring aboard. Um, part of the reason why I want to raise money through Patreon is so that I am able to, as well as through the shop, is so that I am able to um, uh, have the means to actually pay my writers. Um, as a writer, I know how hard it is to, um, have people take you seriously and they, you know, everybody feels like anybody can write. So they don't actually like to pay. Um, but I want to pay my writers. That is a gift that is, um, that is work and, um, the worker is due their wages. And so I would like to pay my writers, but I would need help doing that. So if you, um, could either support, um, that effort through uh, purchasing merchandise from the Truth and Fire shop, or um, if you would like to give a monthly pledge, a monthly donation to Truth and Fire, you can do it that way. Um, you're also able to make one-time gifts through um, Cash App and Venmo. Um, but again, all of that information is on truthandfire.com forward slash donate. Um, if you would like to purchase anything from the shop, it's truthandfire.com forward slash shop. Um, and if nothing else, you can pray for free. <laughs> And I trust that the Lord will hear your prayers and um, I will be very much appreciative of those. Um, So with all of that said, that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you guys for always listening and tuning in and um, being so faithful and um, just such an awesome uh, body of encouragement for me and what that, you know, I'm trying to do here with Truth and Fire. So um, I ask that the Lord bless you on your way and you have a good day. Thanks for listening.
Truth and Fire, the podcast has been brought to you by truthandfire.com, where we explore faith and pop culture from a witty Christian perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Verite Efu. That's V-E-R-I-T-E-E-T-F-E-U. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for listening.